Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we come to you today so thankful for your faithfulness, for your goodness. God, for your might and for your power. And Lord, all of those things just are weaved together. That you are powerful, but you are loving. That you are mighty and you are faithful. And God, for that, we give thanks and praise. Lord, today, we lift up the needs of our community, of our nation, of our world, God, to you. Lord, we we continue to lift up people and, and places in our world right now that are in unease. God, that are at war, that are fighting, that are fleeing. Lord, we just pray that your presence would be the peace that is needed in those places, God. And that you would give protection to those who are who are running. God, who are who are fighting for their lives. Lord, today we lift up to you the the Postuma family, God, as they have lost their son, Christian. God, we just pray for for them today. We pray for this community. God, we we just ask that you surround them with a peace that is beyond understanding, God. And would you help this community to, to wrap their arms around them, Lord, and to lift them up and encourage them. God, we pray for the, the services tomorrow and the celebrations um, as they celebrate this precious young life gone too soon. Lord, we just, we pray that you be with all of those who are struggling with with mental illness, Lord, with feelings that are hard to express sometimes and, and emotions. And Lord, we just ask that you touch their minds and their hearts and bring healing to them. And Lord, we pray for those who are physically ill, God, in this cold season. We just pray for those who are battling the flu and colds and all of the above, Lord. Just touch them with your healing hand. And Lord, for those who are are facing other struggles, God, whether it be financial or spiritual, Lord, we ask that you enter in and fill those spaces of, of discouragement and confusion with your love, with uplifting grace, God, and just with your hand. 
Lord, for, for all of these things and, and those that we're not aware of yet, God, we just pray that you enter each and every life, each and every heart and mind, God, because you know each and every need. You know each of your children so uniquely and so tenderly. And so, God, we just ask that you enter in at every point of need. And Lord, would you help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us? God, would you be with us in, in the remainder of this service, Lord, as we hear um, stories of what you're doing in the world and as we hear the word preached, God, would you just be among us, open our hearts, open our minds. Would you do a transforming work within us, we pray in your name. Amen. All right, kiddos, I came up with a joke this morning. I didn't come up with it. I found it. Um, but it's time for you to head to Kids Church, K through 6, and then parents, you can pick them up after. But let me send you away with this joke. What animals could Noah not trust on the ark? The cheetahs. <laughs> All right, kids, we'll see you later. Um, today we have a special opportunity. It's something a little bit different. As most of you know, uh, Connie Powers um, went to Poland back in uh, end of November, beginning of December. Um, and so we get to hear a little bit of her story, but we're going to start with a video um, really quick. And then she's going to come up and share with us this morning. Thank you so much for this opportunity to serve and to share just a little bit of my um, trip. Um, people say, Connie, why did you even think about doing this? What was going on with you? Well, I will tell you, seven years ago, uh, actually it was January 17th, 2016, my husband Alvin passed away. We'd been married for over 45 years. We worshiped in this church together. This was our home church. Most of you knew, uh, knew my husband. Um, and when he passed, it was like, wow, what am I, what does God have for me? Um, what is there? My brother um, shared this scripture with me, and I will share it with you. It is 2 Corinthians, uh, the first chapter, verses 3, um, three and 4. May the, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. He is the compassionate Father and God of all comfort. 
He's the one who comforts us all in our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. We offer the same comfort that we ourselves received from God. That's why, that's why I went. That's why I serve. That's why I care. You can give, and I gave. I Nazarene Compassionate Ministries is, is a great place to give money to because we have uh, Nazarene missionaries in 164 world areas. And in this area of Poland, the pictures that you saw were actually... Um, um, did you, did the video, is that not, yeah. I just wanted to show where I served. Uh, it was a little town on the border. Whoops, go back to that one. Uh, it, it start, it's P-R-Z-E-M-Y-L-S. Okay, it's pronounced Shummel. Okay. <laughs> and and the pictures you saw at the train station, that's where I was. And the picture where they showed with the little uh, t stuffed animals, that was the safe space. And that's where, that's where I served. Uh, I uh, shared, I listened and shared, and I will share Friday night about some of the stories of, um, of some of the people that I was able to talk to. Um, but... Going, sharing, caring, loving, that's what God calls us to do, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what, that's what I felt led to do. And I sent a message uh, this fall. I saw that they were looking for volunteers. And what they primarily wanted was for people to carry suitcases up and down those stairs at the train station. Well... <laughs> I knew I wasn't really going to be able to do that very well since many of those suitcases weighed over 50 pounds. Um, so, but NCM um, was able to rent this little space that's right across the road from that train station, and I was the hostess. And I decorated that little thing. They decorated that room and put Christmas decorations. So it was cheery, and I... I serve cookies and tea and coffee um, and occasionally some fruit. They are giving more fruit now, which is like fruit and vegetables. We, we have too many sweets. <laughs> we ate too many sweets. <laughs> but going and sharing and doing is what I, I believe God has called me to do. And each of us, God uses us in ways that we don't know. Um, we don't know. We just don't know how God will use us. I will tell you that many of the ladies, you came from America just to give me tea and cookies? Um, but they, they were so appreciative. They just thanked me just for being there. And I also want to thank you for praying for me. I, um, Rod and Linda... Collins gave me a ride to the airport, and it was kind of an icy morning that morning, <laughs> but I was thankful that they were able to do that. And Linda said, um, well, Connie, aren't you a little anxious? Are you going to connect up with people? And I said, well, really, I'm, 
not scheduled to connect with people until I get to Schimmel. (laughs) And um, I was flying to Krakow, and I had to take a three-hour train ride. And I got to Krakow, and it was dark. It was 5 o'clock, and it was pitch dark. And I thought, I'm not going to do this train ride. (sighs) So I walk out the airport, and there is a beautiful hotel, the Hilton Garden Inn. And so I said, well, I'm staying there. I'm messaging the the volunteer missionaries and saying, I'm not going to come till tomorrow (laughs) when it's daylight. And they sent me a message back that two missionary nurses, nurses that were volunteering, uh, were coming from Indianapolis and arriving that morning, the following morning. So I had somebody to go with me on that three-hour train ride, and that was God. And thank you, Linda, for praying, because I said, That's, you need to pray for that, because I, I was nervous about that part of it. So thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for the opportunity to serve and to share. So Connie will be sharing a little more extensively um, Friday night, like she said, at the at the ladies' potluck. So, ladies, I encourage you to sign up out on the on the sign up sheet out there. It's good to be in God's house, is it not? It's good to hear stories of God's faithfulness and God's provision, um, and to do so with brothers and sisters in Christ. So, thank you for for being here this morning, um, and thank you, Connie, for for sharing your testimony, but living your testimony too, right? Um, what a beautiful, what a beautiful story of, of God's compassion given to us that we now get to share. So I'm so thankful. Well, um, I want to personally just take the opportunity today to welcome you to the year 2023. This is the first chance I've had to preach uh, this year. Um, I'm grateful to grateful to be here. I had a had a couple of weeks off from from preaching, and so grateful that you had a chance to to listen to Chaplain Trent and Pastor Debbie over these past uh, couple weeks. Um, but it's a joy for me to to be in this pulpit again. But it's also really good for me to to sit and to learn from others as well, to have other voices speak into my heart and to speak into my life through God's word. And so um, I just uh, I appreciate having the chance. I think it's a really healthy thing for the church to have a chance to hear from a variety of voices. Um, and so that's a that's a joy. Um, you'll notice over my shoulder here it's a little it's a little bare. A little blank. Uh, I don't know. You, you probably get used to it, and so you don't notice it after a while. But we used to have a banner up there. We took that down because we're in a new year today. I have the privilege of kind of unveiling our new focus, our new emphasis that will uh, be with us through the year of 2023. Um, and, and I'll get to that. But first, the, the last year's theme. Does anybody remember it? Yes. Nice job. It was up there for 12 months, so nice job remembering it um, and, and being able to, to come up with those four, four words, not so with you. I hope over the course of 2022 that you felt that invitation from Christ to step toward, step into, to step um, toward God's unique calling for us in our lives. Um, and the fact that, that Jesus invites us to, to allow our lives to look different. And that's a good thing. 
uh, and I hope that that, that that stays with you. Today, as we turn to God's Word, um, we're going to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles uh, with you, you can open them to Romans, chapter 12. If you have devices that, that you look up Scripture on, you can point them in that direction. Uh, but today, we'll be reading from Romans, chapter 12, the first five verses. Out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, those who are willing and able, would you please stand as we read together Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 5 from the Common English Bible. So brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, those, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. In our lives, we, uh, we all have to make sacrifices from time to time. When I, when I share that word sacrifice, maybe something pops into your head. Maybe, maybe you think of, of something that, that has happened to you or something that, that you've gone through where you um, had to make a sacrifice. Well, in this scripture, in Romans chapter 12, sacrifice is kind of where this scripture starts, Right? Uh, in verse 1, he says, I, I encourage you, I, I, I proclaim to you, I, I, I charge you that you would make your lives living sacrifices. I was reading this week, and, and Rochelle Stackhouse reminds us that, that in modern usage, sacrifice has, has a deep connection kind of with the, the negative, Right? sacrifice of time or a sacrifice of energy, an economic sacrifice that, that you had to make. We talk of the ultimate sacrifice to give up one's life for a cause. But the writer of Romans clearly talks about a living sacrifice, to make our lives into sacrifice. And the writer here is saying it's, it's a positive thing. It's something that God is calling us towards, asking us to do, charging us with the opportunity to make our lives a living sacrifice. In the common English, it says that this is our appropriate priestly service. Now, I'm not sure I like that translation. I think that it's, it's, it's one where a lot of people are like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a priest, so maybe I'm off the hook on this one. I'll, I'll sit this one out. Um, it, in truth, uh, we believe in, in the, the priesthood of all believers. Maybe some of you have heard that phrase before, but that, that we're not off the hook because we're, we all serve at least in some way, in that priestly role to one another, in the body of Christ, that we get to care and to serve and to minister to one another. 
And so there's this emphasis or this call that we're all priests of some kind. And, and I won't head too far down that tangent. In, in, in the CE, in common English, however, it says the appropriate priestly service. In, in another translation, in the New, English, New International Version, it says this. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. What, what's our true and proper worship? To offer our bodies as living sacrifices. This is our true and proper worship. To make ourselves living sacrifices is, is that which is, is good and right and truthful and proper for us to do. It's what we're invited and called and drawn to do. <laughs> Sometimes I think we, we think of sacrificing for God, sacrificing for Jesus, and, and we kind of like, oh, man. Do I have to? Okay, I, I guess I will. I need to. I want to. I want to be faithful to what God is calling me to do. And for me, when it says, this is our act of worship. This is how we worship God. Sometimes we get worship in this little box, right? This is what we do on Sunday. We come and somebody plays an instrument really well and has a great voice and we sing those songs and sometimes we sing quieter because we don't think we have as good a voice as the person, uh, you know, up on, uh, up behind the microphone. And we kind of box worship into that, that thing, and the writer of Romans is saying, no, 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 that's not worship. That our true and proper worship is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. The interesting thing to me is what Paul, who, who we believe is probably the, the author of Romans, what, what Paul links this verse to. In, in verse 1, he doesn't give any explanation of what this looks like to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. He kind of just says, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. And so we look to the next verse. What, what is he talking about when he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices? Verse 2 gives us some clues. The first, instructions that, the first instruction that he gives is this. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Now, if, if I have one irritation, one, one suggestion to the author, I, I don't often make suggestions to the author of the Bible. Um, I'm not sure that's appropriate. But if I did, if I had the chance, uh, I, I mean, I like Paul, but I, I, here I might not have started with the negative. Sometimes I don't like starting with, well, don't do this. He starts with the negative. If we could avoid that next time, Paul, that would be great. Um, but we'll let it stand. But that's what he does. And what's the thing we're to avoid? What is the thing that we're to, to stay away from? That, that Paul says, as we start out, this is really what you should watch out for. And he says, the patterns of this world. So what are the patterns of the world? What are the patterns of this world that we see when we, when we go out into the world, when we watch news stories, when we see what's going on in the world today? What are the patterns 
of this world. There are lots. There are lots of patterns that we can identify and lots of patterns that we can see. It's kind of the normal operations, the normal, the, the, the standard patterns and economies of the world. When I say the word economy, I'm not necessarily talking about money, right? Money is, is a, a form, some, a kind of economy that is out there. It's most clearly seen and defined at times, right? Because it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, if, I, if I want a car, I have to pay the money that is, is required to have the car. If I want a candy bar, same thing. I have to pay hopefully less money, but I still got to pay money for the candy bar. A commodity is worth an amount. And if I surrender that amount, then I can have the, that commodity. But... But there, there are lots of economies that exist without money. There's lots of economies in the world that exist that, that, that require no exchange of money. Economies of power. This person has power and this person doesn't have power. And all of a sudden there's, there's an economy, a system that's set up. There's economies in relationships. There's economies in interaction between people, economies of control and love and care and compassion, economies of communication. These systems that are, that are set up that, that to some degree dictate how we relate and, and how we converse and how we interact with one another. And, and while money systems, money economies are, are, are a little bit easier these systems are, are more difficult to track and to articulate and navigate, even to see at, at times, right? Um, consider, considering the economies of relationships, sometimes it's fun. As, as I drop my kids off to, to school, I sometimes uh, just sit in my car and observe the kids on the playground. And, and you see all sorts of, of different personalities and different relationships that are, are struck on the on the childhood playgrounds. You've got the kid that everyone follows and all the kids running after the kid that everyone follows, right? She's, she's, she's the leader and people are wanting to try to keep up with her. There are, there are kids content to play and imagine on their own and others who will always have someone right by their side. And, and as, I, as I look into the world, I'm see a bunch of these patterns to which the world likes to adhere. That says, this is important. This, this will keep you safe. This is the normal way of operation around these parts. <laughs> got to take care of yourself because no one else will. You got to watch the bottom line. You got to make the best deal you can. Watch out for number one. Patterns that say, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. If you don't agree with me, I'm against you. This whole us versus them mentality, strength in numbers. There's all these patterns that the world tends to live by. And Paul, in this opening lines of, of this chapter, says, we don't have to conform any longer to the patterns of this world. 
And although Paul starts with this negative, don't conform to these patterns, he also moves on in the text in, in, in counterpoint or, or in, in alternative to these patterns. The author goes two places. He goes towards transformation and he goes towards discernment of God's will. He says, don't be don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That in the renewing of your mind, in, in allowing what Jesus has to say and what Jesus taught, our minds are transformed and our lives are changed. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is. Transformation and discernment. I think about this transformation and, and, and why it's needed. The patterns that exist in the world, the patterns that Paul's saying, hey, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta watch out for these patterns. We can't be conformed. These patterns that we find ourselves in shape our lives. Sometimes subconsciously, sometimes inevitably, sometimes we're stuck in this system and it begins to shape us. We're shaped by the patterns that we find ourselves in. We're shaped by the economies and the systems of the world that are set up. To some degree, it's inevitable. To some degree, if, if we don't step in and say, God, would you help transform me? Then that formation has already begun by the systems that we find ourselves in. And so transformation is needed if we want to live like Christ wants us to live, if we want to live the life that God is inviting us to, then transformation is necessary. Transform, transformation as it occurs in our lives then draws us towards discernment. So you can figure out what God's will is. There's, a, there's an implication here that's, that's fairly obvious, but I'm going to go ahead and speak it out loud. If transformation is needed to discern what God's will is, then it's likely that God's will isn't identical to the patterns that we find ourselves in. Amen? That, that God wants something better for us. God wants something better for the world. God's will is an alternative reality, an alternative system, uh, new patterns, new life-giving patterns that will transform us and also transform the world. That God's will is something else, something different, something beautiful. And so for this coming year, our emphasis and our focus, and I'll, I'll try to get a banner up on the wall so we can remember it, right? Um, over this coming year, the phrase that we're going to use is this. We're going to be striving for kingdom economy. For kingdom economy. Over this next year, our goal and our aim and our focus is going to be trying to find out and to search for the economies and the systems, the ways of living and doing life together that do this, that reflect the values 
of the kingdom of God. We won't mention it every week. It won't be the, the sermon topic every week. But what, what I want you to do, uh, even if, if we don't mention it outright every time we gather, even if, even if it's not said out loud, I want you to be aware. I want you to look for these ways that you say, that's a part of, of living the, the kingdom of God. That, that every time we open this book, every time we gather, even in the interactions we have as brothers and sisters in Christ, I hope that God captures your imagination and says, that's a little piece of the kingdom right there. That that's unique, that's special, that's amazing what just happened in that moment or what God taught me in that text. I think it's a little piece of that kingdom economy that looks different than what we find out in the world. For God's people are called to be a part of the kingdom of God now. To create in our midst and out in the world little places where the kingdom of God comes on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And so what I want you to do is when I'm preaching and I don't bring up kingdom economy you can send me a text or shoot me an email or make an appointment with me. I said, Pastor, I heard, I heard a little piece of the kingdom today. I, I discovered it. I caught it. It was there. You didn't say anything about it. I love that. You see this life that this text points us towards. Yes, individually. It calls us individually towards this transformation so that we can discern God's will individually, but it also works for us collectively. That God wants us as a church to no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but by the transformation that he is inviting us to, so that we as a church can discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. It doesn't make sense to the world sometimes. Sometimes they're looking like, what? What are they doing? What are they doing at the Nas Church? It's opposite sometimes. It's upside down. And, and for this next year, I want our aim, our goal is to, to recognize that and to speak that truth, to name it, to say, this does look different than the world. It is upside down. It doesn't make sense. Like you, a Ukrainian refugee woman saying, it doesn't make sense for you to come to America, or sorry, to come to Poland to serve me coffee and tea. That doesn't make sense. But it's part of a child of God participating in the kingdom of God and bringing a piece of that kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the ways that God opens that up for us and allows us to see pieces of the kingdom in our world and to call us to new ways of being the kingdom together. Right after he says this, the author of Romans goes to two places, um, and we read, we read a little bit of this. First of all, he says, so it's like, let's start at the very basic. The, the, one of the patterns that, get, that happens maybe most often, I don't know, maybe you, can, maybe you disagree with me. Number one, he says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's like, whack, you know, just hit me with a two by four right away. Okay, awesome. Um, what's, what's more common pattern that we see in the world today? 
by, by some of the pundits, the voices, the influencers out there. We think sometimes we think of ourselves a little more highly than we ought. And then he talks to us about living as one body. And that individually we belong to each other. We struggle with this. We struggle with this in our lives. That we belong to each other. We do. You know how I know that we do. And this is true for me. Let me, let me, let me start by asking this question. How many of you like to help, help each other out? Is there anybody that likes to help somebody else out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all raise our hand. That's, that's wonderful. Let me ask this question. How many of you as easily ask for help from one another as you would offer that help? Yeah, my hand isn't up either. My hand isn't up either. If we truly believe that we belong to each other, church, if we truly believe that, if that captures our our lives, captures our hearts and minds, it'll transform us. We struggle to belong to one another and culture is fighting against us. It's that pattern of the world. I, I, I I can handle it. I don't need help today. We struggle because it's a pattern of the world. But that's his plans for us. Remember the text that that Chris read, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. This is all part of it. And if you read down through the section, uh, this section of of scripture kind of moves on through uh, chapter 13. And the last verse of this section says this, love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is what fulfills the law. That at the very end of this section of, of what he's calling us to, the author wraps it up with loving one another. What a beautiful picture. And today as we close our service, I can't think of a way that that we counter the patterns of the world more directly than in the celebration of the Eucharist today as we share in communion. Do you know that that in the explanation of this sacrament that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it actually, at the, the closing line of it says this, every time you eat and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. How counter is that? Yep, this is our leader. This is, the, this, is, this is how it all ended. He died. He's on the cross. Our leader, our Messiah, taken out on a rough wooden cross. According to the world, that picture is not how you celebrate Messiah. That's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't follow any pattern that makes any sense. It's not a successful revolution. It's not what Messiah was supposed to be. And yet in that moment, we catch a glimpse of kingdom economy, of the ruler, the God, the leader, the teacher that laid down his life so that we could have relationship with God, which blows our mind. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. It's a perfect picture of kingdom economy. How God doesn't conform to the patterns of this world, yet invites us to a new place of living with him.
Amen. I'm excited for what God wants to invite us to do, what the Lord will show us over this coming year. As we pursue an economy that comes not from the world, but from the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, as is tradition here, uh, those who are willing and able, would you please stand? Extend your hands as a physical reminder that, that we receive this benediction prayer uh, this week. May the peace of God fill my heart, mind, and activity all this day and all this week long, I pray. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.